Hey kids, you uh, you trying to get into Segment City? Well, you really shouldn't, because Segment City is a mature podcast, and listener discretion is advised. I'm just trying to look at. I know I'm in an alleyway. I know. I know how I look. But I got some fireworks for you kids. I got snakes and I got sparklers. That's all I got. Oh, don't give me that. Everybody to our wonderful show. Oh, oh I got free. I have oh, a, fuck. I, I got, have a, a somebody dainty gave me, boy here. Somebody to, gave me to, free tickets and I felt obligated. I didn't really really mm, want to come. Yes. You didn't want to come to the opera? No. To be honest with, with you, it, it sounded like a I didn't want to leave my house, but I felt guilt tripped, so here I am. Ooh, nobody's here because of the plague that's been uh, going now about. It's, now it's awkward. I'm the only one sitting in this 500-person theater and just sitting in the middle, and it's awkward. Next to me, I decided oh, that, fuck that. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I masks you were... are a corporate... <laughs> it's all a fluke. It's all a, a hoax. It was manufactured. Yeah, I noticed that you're wearing a mask on half of your face, but it's a vertical portion of your face, not the horizontal mm, yes. part that covers your mouth and nose. Uh, mm-hmm. You're sitting right next to me, and I'm noticing that there's a lot of open seats. Would you uh-huh. mind scooching down just, like, maybe a few? No! No, no you don't <laughs> mind, or no, you're not no, going to do it? No, I shan't. I shan't move uh, for a peasant like you. Yeah, you yeah, know, opera's, peasant, but, uh, opera really doesn't sound good through a mask. I have to say, they have to really open opera, up those airways. Opera doesn't sound good at all, my dude. Let's be real. What? <laughs> I just, I'll, this is your profession. Just, You've decided to, that being creepy to the one guy in the theater mm-hmm. is, is what you're doing with your with your career. Let me just take out a small, small glove slap. Here you go. Oh, oh. now you've made contact. This is not a very con- mm-hmm. COVID conscious activity. I've been coughing into those gloves all, oh, <laughs> all no. day. Huh. Is this a one man show? When does the show start? When are you, le- when are you leaving to get up on stage? The show must go on, that, even that if I have that COVID. Doesn't, that doesn't answer my question, sir. The show must go on. That wasn't what I asked. Hmm. Just because I'm a fancy lad doesn't mean I'm part of the opera, but I am. <laughs> so you're saying don't assume your employment, but also I was right about assuming, mm-hmm. assuming your employment. Yes, well, we're. Uh, what else am I going to do here in Segment City? Welcome to Segment City, everybody. <laughs> Thank God we got out of that pit. We got, we got out of that pit. <laughs> I almost got, uh, got sick from a, a thespian. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Will Kane, thespian extraordinaire. And I'm Theo Sabakos, actor for the stars. Oh, for the stars, you say? Is that, wait, actor for the stars? Is that we're moving on? You it's only fine. act for actors. I only act in the nude under the stars. This is, oh, oh okay. <laughs> That's a different. I thought it was going to be like, do mailmen, are there mailmen who deliver mail to mailmen just in an infinite chain? Who delivers oh mail god. to those mailmen? Who watches the this watchmen? Is, Oh my god. This is a podcast in which we watch the Watchmen. It is a Watchmen <laughs> viewing party. Man, I, I wish the Watchmen had a second season. That show was dope. 
I just got to rewatch the first season. But it's not actually what our show's about. The show is a show in which Theo and I present segments each week. Some are new, some are reoccurring. Some are changed up a little bit, aren't they, Theo? Switcheroo, Bob, just like this opening one. Usually Will uh-huh. has the stupid thought. This time, your boy takes the segment. It's me, excited. the stupid thought boy. Hey, my stupid thought for the week. Mm-hmm. Everyone, all these ladies out here, they're always talking about, aren't guys lucky they get to stand up when they pee? They get to, they get to have hands-free mode? I'm out here telling the truth. The hidden benefits of see of of peeing sitting down. You get to tie your shoes while you're peeing. All right. <laughs> no one's talking okay. about this. Start, right? start strong with something very very niche. All right. No one's talking about all the time savings you got. You got to use the bathroom. You got to get out the door. Boom. You combine two of the steps, two and one. Maybe mm-hmm. you're brushing your teeth at the same time. I don't know how you're doing it. Oh, don't don't be doing that. <laughs> That's my stupid is thought. It's just your thought that was is it. that you could tie shoes while sitting down while peeing. on the toilet. Yeah, that's. I thought you were gonna say that it's just more comfortable to sit. We're over here standing. I've been standing on my feet all day. I've been standing, and then I have to stand life. to pee. Yeah, I'm not gonna. If you had the There's option all... to just, well, I mean, I guess you do. Have, I guess guys do have the option. I guess girls yeah, we... also have the option. It's just a little harder to it's, aim. It's a lot harder to aim. It's. There's there's a it's an interesting thought mm-hmm. that th- there this is a thought that I've had when I used to go into work and be in the office bathrooms of you know when a man is peeing versus pooping. This is because true. rarely do men sit down to pee and use a, a stall. It depends on how and much it, you like your job. If you don't like your job, maybe you're sitting down to pee because you know it takes longer. Mm-hmm. Eating up, men, they're they're paying me to pee. You know I'm on men, the clock. Men. Do go to the stalls to pee standing upright, but you can usually hear the very loud splashing. Right. You know um, when you go to a guest's house for the first time and you need to use the bathroom and you pee mm. on the side so that it's more quiet because you don't want to be you yes. don't want to be drawing attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a real experience. That's a real thing. Or like some of my coworkers, you just go full like beast full mode blasting and just, so anyways like i started blasting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway i started blasting uh and you just like assert dominance by just your massive flow and the you're thing like, is <gasps> the thing is i'm very self-conscious about the amount of noise i'm making but i never notice how much noise somebody else is making i'm just like they're no, peeing. No, no. it's not a big deal i don't care Sometimes if, I never, if you I are never, sitting in a stall you do have time to think i'm never and think about your shoes i'm never uh in the bathroom and i think to myself god damn is that person peeing very loudly i wish they would be quiet mm. i've never it, thought that to have that thought it does need to be very loud it, it needs to, to be, be deafening one time i was peeing i mean this is just covid times i was peeing with the door open because you know no yeah. one's coming in it's our apartment yeah. just me and my girlfriend here and i was yeah. peeing for such a long time that when i came out my girlfriend looked at me and went that was the longest pee I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> and I was like, I know, right? That was a really long one. <laughs> you you once made fun of me for a pee because we lived together. Your room was right next to the bathroom. And I remember you were like, what are you, Austin Powers? Just after he's been frozen? Because I just kept on like starting and stopping. Because yes, I mean, it was just like was one the, of those that times. That was the length. That was the start and stop. You started and stopped like four times. And I was like, what I is, know. what's going on here? It wasn't like you stopped and then a little bit came out. You like stopped. 
and then you just kept going. Like, you just, yeah. like, take a break during the middle. I don't know what was <laughs> yeah, happening. I, I had so much pee, I got tired from pushing. <laughs> you're sitting there, you're panting, like, got to catch my breath here. <sighs> there's Jeez. there's a muscle that has to, like, move it out. Yeah, it's, but it was pushing you, don't it get, out. you shouldn't get winded from that. <laughs> Have you ever have you ever gone up a stairwell and then you come up and then you're like standing next to a person like you, either you're at the stall for like at, at a urinal or you're just like standing next to someone like opening a door and you have to be like you have to like, like close your mouth so you're not mouth breathing like yeah so you're so you, people don't think you're out of breath and right. like you're trying to hide the pe- fact yes that has definitely happened to me you're breathing out of the side of your face it, yes. like when you're on a phone call <laughs> <laughs> you're out of breath on a phone call <sighs> sorry i'm walking <laughs> <laughs> it's really windy sorry <laughs> <laughs> they're like hey can you go on hold and you're like yes i can <laughs> thank you <gasps> okay i can finally breathe oh my gosh and now we can finally breathe and move on to the next segment which do you want to go first theo or do you want me to go first oh my gosh this has never happened before yeah. Uh, I'm happy to go first if you'd like. It feels go so for it. it feels so random. It feels Let's... so uh, 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 impromptu. Um, here we oh, go. You turned into Jeff Goldblum. It was so uh, impromptu. Uh, 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 you're, I, I've, uh, I'm a rich man. Uh, I can make your uh, uh, dreams come true. I've got a million dollars for you, Will. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, and, um, wow. All Dude. you've got to do. Oh, Nelson. A little, little quick surgery. And now you've got Pinocchio's nose for a million dollars. Would you do it? Hmm. No more. No more. No more fibs for this phony. I could never play social deduction games ever again. You could play. Which a, might be a you blessing. Could play in his a, eyes. Among Us, as long as the camera. I could play off. Among Us. I. Hmm. Okay. So let's just explore the space before I give my answer. Because sure, let's define these boundaries. So, wooden nose, or is it fleshy nose? That fleshy grows? nose, but but oh. people, but. People aren't that weird out weirded out by it. Like it's not like it's not like you grow this fleshy nose and everyone's like, "Oh my god, that's disgusting." It's more just like, "Oh my gosh, she's lying." That's the response. Does it go back to normal at any point? Yeah, we'll say it goes back to normal uh 90 seconds after you've told the lie. Okay, that's actually that's pretty very good. Generous. Pretty it's got a pretty good cooldown. But the per- if you're lying yeah. to someone's face, they'll know right away without a doubt. They will know. And if you hmm. walk into it, imagine you're at work, you tell a quick lie, everyone's like, ugh, this guy's a liar. And then you walk into yeah. the next room, it's still going strong. Everyone's Everyone like, still knows everyone's you're a like, liar. They don't know what the lie was, but they know that your pants are certainly on fire. It is just kind of go like if if I'm like, hey, I just need to, to take a break. I'm going to go get some water. Right. Uh, and then my nose grows and they're like, you're about to go and take a poopy. And right. you didn't want to say it, and I'm just like, "Oh no, you caught me." That's that's not the word. I that's that's not terrible. That's not terrible. There's like I I don't think like I'm trying to think in my head how many times a day do I lie? I don't think that many to people's imagine, faces. Imagine you are at a dinner party and uh, you really don't like the food you're having. Oh, how's the casserole? How's the casserole? It's great. Yeah, no, that that doesn't fly. You got to tell them I hate this casserole. It's the worst, and I'm not enjoying it. And I wish I was eating a hot dog. Would you, as as Theo, mm-hmm. I have this thing. Mm-hmm. Would you rather I give you the hard truth? I say I hate this casserole you made, or would you rather me go? 
it's pretty good and then see my nose grow i would rather be more offensive i think seeing the nose grow is more offensive because because it's just disrespectful you knew that was gonna happen yeah i still tried it anyway yeah I think mm. it would be hilarious if you had this and we were hanging out. I would just try to set up scenarios in which you had to lie all the time. I think I would just, <laughs> <laughs> I would get a real kick out of this. <laughs> you would very much enjoy it. I don't yes. think I would enjoy it that much. Mm. I'd set elaborate traps where you'd just be continu- having to continuously lie so that your nose would be a <laughs> mile long. <laughs> you, you, it, uh, yeah, that would be pretty bad. It would just be like, if my mother was different and it's like you got me to smoke pot and then you're like your mother's here and you're I'm just like <laughs> mom sorry or like the cops are the cops are right the outside right the door here. and they want to hear what you've been doing all night and I'm like oh, oh. Uh, I th- most of my lies I think this is me being honest I think are over text I'm trying to think of in person like, like lies. Uh... Like social formality texts, like coming up with mm. excuses to not to not go to a, go to exactly. events and such. Yes, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean that's very of... over the phone. As long as it's not FaceTime or something, you're set. You're cool. Yeah. Modern technology has helped you out quite a lot. I have a, I have a lying policy that is, if I can help it, I will not lie, I but that's, I that's will generally not refuse. Good, good morality. I'm not going to like be honest no matter what, because I feel like that's a dumb policy by itself. I lie when it's good to lie. Mm. Like it's going to benefit me the most to lie. (laughs) Right. And that's like when you're asking the banker and the banker says, how much money is supposed to be in your account? And you think to yourself, this could benefit me the most. Just keep one million. And they go, you said that weird, and your nose is growing, so I think you're lying. <laughs> I think you're lying. I've never seen this disease before, but I've read about it, and I think you're lying. I, okay, here's another benefit. Mm-hmm. I grow my nose. Yep, sure. Cut it off. Okay. Give give it to the poor. They can eat my nose. <laughs> oh, so, God. End, end of Ew. world hunger. No. Infinite noses. They just got to eat mean, it within 90 seconds. I'm going to say this. The, the growing of the nose like costs your body calories. Like it's not free nose. Oh. Like like it's going to be, it's going to got, it's got to come from somewhere. You can't just create or destroy matter. It doesn't work like that. There's no, there's no grift to this. Like you can't grift this. There's no like fun. <laughs> if people like, like are okay with it, I can't be like the like, magical growing nose boy. I like that your grift was feeding the homeless. That was your grift. That was a that you grift. Came, <laughs> you came up. That with. was a bad grift. Uh, it was a good grift. Actually, it was a good grift. I think I would take this. I don't lie that much. Hmm. Would you I, take this, Theo? I don't think I lie that much either. But being in a position where I couldn't lie would really, I think, affect. I think it would play my, like on my mental state more than anything being like you have to tell the truth as to why you don't want to uh, help someone move. You can't be like, I'm busy that weekend. Mm. You have to be like, no, I don't want to. You could work around the lie, though, because if you're like, White I'm busy that weekend, you can you can like call you can text your girlfriend in between and like set up something with me now. Interesting. White and lies. then it's no longer a lie. Right. That you were busy. You just set right. something up. So it's true. Yeah, you could I, probably navigate this pretty well. 
I'm I, I'm gonna go with it. I want that million dollars. All right, give we gotta, me. We gotta take her. We gotta take her. Give me, give me. All right, give me, give me, give me the surgery. I'm ready. <laughs> All right, Doc. I'm ready. I've already given myself the drugs. <laughs> I'm I'm swimming in them right now. All right, Theo. Thank you for that wonderful segment. But now it's time for my wonderful segment. We're gonna go back in the day to ancient Rome. <gasps> And this is Pompeii Graffiti. Yay! For people who don't, this is actually the last installment of this of this series. This, this is, is the it. last it's bit of Pompeii sunset. Graffiti. It's being sunset after this. Yeah, there's no more. I, so there, Pompeii. There's little. Do you know? There's no people. <laughs> what do you mean? Little do I know? Little do you know? Because <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah just, I what I think I to meant home. to say is, it, it, nobody lives there. <laughs> it's hard to believe but nobody lives there um so nobody's making new graffiti Not for yet. people who don't know a lot of uh the the town of pompeii was covered in volcanic ash and so everything was preserved pretty well including all the graffiti on the walls which is very contemporary feeling and that's why i love them because they're all about just like just like I'm, I they're hate about, you. They're You're about terrible. Painting your walls. They're about painting paint your walls. They're about painting your walls. Asking people, for rent. People being uh, being unloyal. What? How big people's penises are? Mm-hmm. It's great. So let's start it up. So this is this was found uh, on what was called the house of Pompeius Sabinius. So that was, I guess, just a private citizen's house. If you felt the fire of love, mule driver. You make more haste to see Venus. I love a charming boy. I ask you, goad the mules. Let's go. <laughs> Take me to Pompeii where love is sweet. You are mine. That's so nice. This is, this is, yeah, this is a, it's like a pool boy situation, except I guess back in the day it would be mule driver. Mule boy. I like the, I love a charming boy. <laughs> I love a charming mule boy. Who, who doesn't love a charming boy? Okay, this one is this one. Imagine put yourself in the space uh, of this character, and we'll we'll. I'm closing my eyes. The start the start is not great. I'm gonna say (laughs) it comes out of the gate a little rough. Yeah, my lusty son. Mm, Yeah, that's a rough one. I don't want anybody to say that to their real life. So this is your mother saying to you. Imagine reading this on the wall for everyone to see. My lusty son. With how many women have you had sexual relations? They, Ma, and he just writes back like <laughs> zero. <laughs> that's very that's that's a very public way to just put your son on blast. Yeah, absolutely. It's I if if my mother asked me that in private, I would be mortified. You would be aghast. Putting it on a wall <laughs> for Ooh. everyone? For everyone to see, I don't think so. That's, that's I think we should start a new trend where we just ask questions to p- specific people, but we write it on walls. I we I thought you were gonna say we just like address it to r- vague people like my lusty son. My because a lot son, of lusty yeah. lot of lusty boys are gonna go. Is that my mom who wrote that? <laughs> you can Is find that... The, you can find the lusty boys by the expression on their face when they look at it and then shamefully turn away. <laughs> My lusty son. Um, you know if you're a next, lusty boy. Yeah, you know if you're a lusty boy. Next is Secundus defecated here three times on one wall. <laughs> so it, they wrote it three times. 
It's like a crime scene. They like outline it in white chalk. <laughs> just like so, one, just two, one three. Shit, Your two, Honor, three. I rest my case. I like the this guy's style. Secundus just he came he people are normally it's a crime scene Secundus. and like who did this? And he's like I did. I <laughs> shit. Secundus. And not only did he he just like do it once. He he Thrice. repeat offender. Repeat offender. You would think that the the person who owns this building is going to be like, if I see Secundus and he's like, looks like he's doing a little <laughs> dance, I'm going to move wall. him to a different place. Maybe you should just paint the wall brown. That's my suggestion. Oh. Hey, paint your wall brown. That's right, people baby. are shitting. Uh, okay, so next is, this is a poet, poetic one. Once you are dead, you are nothing. It's like Nietzsche wrote that. Jesus. Oh, that's the whole message. That's. Yeah. Someone was just sitting there thinking about that and decided, put this on this wall. Speaking of, wow, that's the whole message. Restutidus has deceived many girls. Mm. Cool. He sure has. <laughs> how did how did he deceive maybe them? He needs the Pinocchio operation. Maybe. But what, did he just like, maybe he's a magician, like a street performer, and he's just, he does the like cup <laughs> trick. And it's like many <laughs> like, girls have just been deceived by him. Right up, say, catch the cup, we catch the shell in the cup. <laughs> I, well, how did Restudius do this? How was he I doing? don't know, but I'm gonna write it on a wall. I'm mad. Next one, um, this one is, this one's weird. This is somebody. <laughs> this one is on a bar slash inn, uh, connected to some baths, uh. And it says in parentheses that this is a bar tab. Some nuts, question mark, coins, drinks, 14 coins, lard, two coins, barred, bread, sorry, barred, um, bread, three coins, three meat cutlets, 12 coins, four sausages, eight coins, total, 51 coins. Somebody did fucking arithmetic Someone on a fucking <laughs> wall Did they get it right? The bar. Did, you fact check them? did you fact check them? Did they do it right? Oh, no, I didn't. They, I like the... It, I got confused by it because it just says, some nuts, dot, 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 question mark. <laughs> and they don't know how many coins it is. Some nuts? Some nuts? Uh, on the same bar and in, two friends were here. Oh, like us. That's cute. That's cute. While they were, they had bad service in every way from a guy named Epaphrod. Oh Jesus, Epaphroditus. Uh, they threw him out and spent one hundred and five and a half centauri, most agreeably, on whores. <laughs> so they got they got bad service from this guy with a hard pronounced name, and then they threw him out and then <laughs> spent a lot of money on whores. Just so like that's, that's just like that's just an olden time olden times Yelp review. That's all that is. Yeah, that is an old times Yelp review. Uh, <laughs> we next have, one. We got bad mm-hmm. review. We we got bad service, so we went somewhere else. Got some whores. Come on. I like that they like kicked him out onto the street like a cartoon character, and they're <laughs> like, "Oh, t- we got him. So now let's get some <laughs> let's whores. Let's go celebrate." <laughs> so next is Apelles, the Chamberlain with Dexter. A slave of Caesar didn't know Dexter was a fucking like Roman name. Um, a so this Chamberlain and Dexter, slave of Caesar, ate here most agreeably and had a screw at the time. Hmm. So they they ate and they banged. So mm-hmm. good on them. Most agreeably. This is I think the same 
people because Apelles must and his brother Dexter each pleasurably had sex with two girls twice. Great. They like to talk about it. Yeah, they're really having a great time. Um, On a water distribution tower, this was written. Anyone who wants to defecate in this place is advised to move along. If you act contrary to this warning, you will have to pay a penalty. Children must pay number missing silver coins. Slaves will be beaten on their behinds. I feel like one of those things. I feel like those should be switched. Why are children being like, ah, we pay up child for shitting in our water supply. And then slaves just get a, a slap on the behind. Also, shitting in a water supply is kind of a uh, kind of a really bad crime. Like you don't want How you don't are, want people just wandering up over here and pooping. It's a in tower. Your... How are they? They're getting on top I of it, know. and they're like, "This is the perfect place to shit." <laughs> I have made it finally. The commode calls. I. You know what really gets my bowels a moving is when I, I have to do type. parkour. <laughs> All right, we got a few more. Uh, Apollinaris, the doctor of the Emperor Titus, defecated well here. So famous shits here. Yep, we got some famous histories poops. We're ending with yeah, a lot of poots because this next one is defecator, which is a great noun. Hey, defecator, uh, may everything turn out okay so that you can leave this place. Hey, have a good <laughs> shit. Bye. <laughs> good luck. And a, a very fitting end to this segment is this last graffiti. Oh, Walls, you have held up so much tedious graffiti that I am amazed that you have not already collapsed in ruin. That's very poetic. That's a a nice way to end this segment. What a nice segment. What a a long journey it's been. Yeah, it's been a very long journey. But now we go to your part of the journey. My part of the journey begins and ends with a Wikipedia historian, but it's not actually from Wikipedia. It's from a site called Today I Found Out. And this week's subject is Adolf Sachs, the inventor of the saxophone and his life, which turns out is quite a journey. Did you ever play an instrument? I played the saxophone. Me too. Whoa, no way. Which one? Tenor, Barry, alto? Alto. Uh, I played tenor. I also played. Oh, I played fancy, clarinet before that. That's a fancy um, band you got there. We we didn't really have a lot of like. It was just like a bunch of alto saxophones and like maybe one tenor. You don't think so? I I was gonna play the saxophone, and my my band director was like, "You should play the the tenor. We don't have one." And I was like, "Good enough for me. Cool. <laughs> I'm useful. I'd be into that being like a very specific part. I would. You know, what I'd love to be the cymbals guy." Of yeah, a, you're of a all big about orchestra. Sim- you just want to cr- crash and bang. That's very on, yeah. on brand for you. No subtlety. <laughs> no subtlety whatsoever. But anyway, let's hear about Here we the go. saxophone. This is Adolf Sax, and it's a little bit of a journey. So, <clears throat> okay. pack a lunch. All right. Let me just Born in 1814 in Belgian in the Belgian municipality of Dinton, Sax was initially named and. Antoine Joseph Sachs, but started by going by the name Adolf, seeming seemingly almost from birth. Though why he didn't go by his original name and how Adolf came to be was cho- came to be chosen has been lost to history. The son of a carpenter and eventual master instrument maker Charles Sachs, Adolf Sachs was surrounded by music from an early age, becoming especially proficient at playing both the flute and clarinet. Sachs's affinity for wind instruments quickly became apparent in his early teens when he became imp- when he began improving upon 
uh, and refining the designs of these instruments, as well as coming up with many more. Isn't it wild to think that at some point in history, like, instruments were in flux? Oh, yeah. Like, it's... like the piano that we know, there were so many different pianos that, like, came and went. Yeah, the iterations. Got, like, yeah, right. But also think what future pianos are going to be like. Future. Mm. Plasma pianos. Plasma screen. Uh, can I Can I also say just, Hitler really ruined the name Adolf. He did. You can't really come back from that. Adolf is a decent name. I like Adolf as a name. It's but he German. just really It's very German, but he just ruined it, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So continuing, described as chronically accident prone throughout his childhood, <laughs> Sax fell victim to a series of increasingly unusual mishaps. Several well, of which, whoopsies. several of which, nearly cost him his life. Sax, I is, swear, I swear, the flute just—I sat on it by accident. <laughs> it I didn't was a do it by accident. I don't know what happened. Um, Sax's first major incident occurred at age three when he fell down three flights of stairs and landed unceremoniously at the bottom with his head <laughs> smacking on a stone floor there. Oh, reports no! of the <laughs> uh, Reports of the aftermath vary somewhat from being in a coma for a week to simply being beridden from that, for that period, unable to oh, stand no. properly. It's fine. He recovered. He was fine. Okay, but that does stuff to people. Maybe that's yeah. why he made the saxophone. A young sax would later accidentally swallow a large needle which he miraculously passed without incident or injury <laughs> on that note apparently keen on swallowing things that would cause him harm as a child he drank a concoction of white lead copper oxide and arsenic a very acidic mixture like okay well drink okay, this guy was acid. this guy was either going to invent the saxophone <laughs> or win the darwin award he, <laughs> oh i found a needle in the adolf stack jesus <laughs> In another incident, Sachs accidentally fell onto a burning stove, reportedly receiving severe burns onto his side. Luckily, he seemed a seemingly avoided severe infection that sometimes call sometimes follows such, though part of his body was forever scarred. Perhaps the closest he, be he came to dying occurred when he was 10 and fell into a river. This was not discovered until a random villager observed Sachs floating face down near the mill. Oh, no. <laughs> He was promptly plucked from the river and later regained consciousness. But wait, we're not done yet. Because in an another incident, he got blown across his father's workshop when a what container of gunpowder exploded and he was standing next to it. I, okay, imagine being his parents and he's just constantly <laughs> like accident Adolf here and he's just getting fucking blown up. He's just like, they look away for two seconds. They're like, where's Adolf? And then they look and he's just face down in a river. Like... <laughs> He's going to die in a puddle. Like, uh, what's going <laughs> you can't on? can't take his eyes off him for a second. Yeah, or yet he's dead. Yet again, courting death, a young Sax was injured while walking in the streets when a large slate tile flew off a nearby roof and hit him in the head, rendering him temporarily comatose. Oh, my God. How many comas has he been in now? <laughs> Too this many. is the third one. <laughs> All of these injuries led Sax's understandably worried mother, Maria, to openly, openly say her younger young son was quote condemned to misfortune unquote before adding he won't yeah. live <laughs> imagine being so resigned to your child dying he's not gonna, he's not gonna he's just searching it out at this he's point like bowls of acid he's gonna die the, listen the roof tile thing was not his fault but, but like i think yeah. god is at this point i this is the first final destination movie really yes. 
Sax's numerous brushes with death also led to his neighbors jokingly referring to him as the ghost child from Dinant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's harsh. Besides apparently giving his all to practicing for a future edition for Final Destination film, on the yeah. side, as noted, Sax made musical instruments. In fact, he became so adept at this when, when the young man grew into adulthood and began submitting his instruments to the Belgian National Exhibition. For a few years running, he was recommended by the judges for the gold medal at the competition, only to have the central jury make the final decision to deny him as such because of his age. They explained to him if he won gold... He would, uh, he would then have already achieved the pinnacle of success at the competition, and thus would have nothing to strive for in the following year. Yeah, they, you know, what you know, you know, when Jordan won uh, three, three, three pe- or uh, two three peats, those back to back wins really didn't mean anything to him. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you can see the peak. So just like, a, so just, just like, like hang out near so just the like, summit no, for a while. Yeah, because we're gonna give it to somebody else. In the f- in the final of these competitions, uh, in the final of these competitions, he entered at the age of twenty seven in eighteen forty one. This was actually to be the public debut of the saxophone. But according to his to a friend of Sax, George Castner, when Sax wasn't around, someone rumored someone rumored to be a competitor who disliked young the young upstart kicked the instrument, sending it flying and damaging it too severely to be entered into the competition. Imagine just like coming along a saxophone and being like. Fuck this guy. Just Just kicking his saxophone. Oh, did your saxophone fall down some stairs? Whoopsies. Whoopsies. Nonetheless, it was you. <laughs> nonetheless, Sax was recommended for the premier gold medal at the expo- exhibition thanks to his other submitted instruments. But the central jury once again denied this to him. He was the. F- this was the final straw. With Sax retorting, "Quote: If I am too young for the gold medal, I am too old for the silver." Unquote. <laughs> not long after he was snubbed at the exhibition Sachs had learned that certain members of the french government were keen on revitalizing the french military bands and were seeking new and improved instruments to do so after mulling it over for some time he decided to try the, his hand in the big city upon arriving in paris in 1842 supposedly with a mere 30 francs in his pocket Sachs invited noted composer hector Berlioz to come review his instruments, resulting in an incredibly glowing review published on June twelfth of that year in the journal in the Journal des Debats. I don't know how to say that. Unfortunately for him, this was the start of an issue that would plague Sack for the rest of his life, pitting him up against pit, putting himself up against the combined might of the rest of the musical instrument makers in Paris, who quite literally would go in go on to form an organization just to take Sachs down. Oh my god. <laughs> Imagine hating somebody so much that you form a club about hating them. Yes, that's your shared interest with all these other guys. (laughs) Partially as a result of of this piece, Sax was invited to perform a concert at the... Oh, a result of a piece. I I amended this a little bit. So as a result of this piece, Sax was invited to perform a concert at the Paris, Paris Conservatory to... To much fanfare and success, this in turn, along with his former connections from the from a uh, 1839 visit, ended up seeing Sachs making many friends quickly among certain prominent musicians and composers impressed with his work. All this in turn saw Sachs have little trouble acquiring the needed funds to set up the Adolf Sachs Musical Instrument Factory. So, doing well. He uh, got recognition. Uh-huh. He didn't die during ti- child during his childhood, and now he has a musical instrument factory. Seems like life is going well for him. 
I'm ready to hear how it all goes wrong. <laughs> Needless to say, this young Belgian upstart who was seemingly a prodigy when it came to inventing and improving on existing instruments threatened to leave the other musical instrument makers in Paris in the dust. Said rivals thus began resorting to every underhanded trick in the book to try to ruin him, from frequent slanderous newspaper articles to lawsuits to attempt to have the, his work boycotted. In the past, and indeed in many such instances where his instruments would be snubbed or, insults, or insulted by others, Sachs had been known to challenge fellow musicians besmirching his name to musical duels, pitting oh their my. talents against one another in a very public way. Owing to his prodigious skill and and not just making extremely uh, at not just making extremely high quality instruments, but playing them, Sachs frequently won such duels. In this case, love it's it. not clear if he extended such a challenge. However, I love that he's like noon at the park. Me, you, bring your oboe, you some bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's just two guys and there's jamming, like, jam. and everyone's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, is are they fighting? Are they fighting? Oh, okay. They're dueling. Okay. Uh, his, audacious, his audacious plans didn't help matters. As noted, when he got to Paris, one of the things he hoped to accomplish was to land a rather lucrative contract with the French military to see his instruments alone used by them. A centerpiece of this, he hoped, would, was his new and extremely innovative saxophone. Exactly when fa- Sax first public, publicly debuted the saxophone to the world isn't clear, with dates as early as 1842 sometimes being thrown around. However, we do know that during... One of the earliest performances with the instrument at the Paris Industrial Exhibition in 1844, Sax played a rousing solo from behind a large curtain. Why? Well, Sax was paranoid about the instrument's design being copied, and as he hadn't patented yet, decided the best way to avoid this was simply not let the general public see what it looked like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's that strange music coming from behind the curtain? <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> This brings us to the military. As previously noted, the French military music was languishing in disgrace. Thus keen to revitalize it in the name of patriotism, the French government created a commission to explore ways to reform the military bands in innovative ways. Two months after announcing this to the world and inviting manufacturers to submit their instruments for potential use by the military, a a concert of sorts was put on in front of a crowd of 20,000 people in Paris on April 22nd. Two bands would perform in the concert, with one using more traditional instruments and the other armed with some various types of saxophones and other modifications on existing instruments by sax. Both bands played the same works composed by composer uh, Adolf Adam. I love that sort of like, we've got our traditionals over here, the rugged good old boys that everyone knows and love, and now we've Mm got Adolf Sax and his wacky eclectic band of instruments. Just do whatever (laughs) you want. Just blow through that tube. I don't know. He just, like, comes out on stage and he just has a bunch of instruments. He's like, who wants to play? (laughs) The band using Sax's instruments won by a landslide. Several months later, on August 9th, they awarded Sax a lucrative military contract he set out when he first moved to to Paris. This was the last straw. When Sax, a Belgian no less, secured the contract to supply the French military, his rivals decided to literally form an organization who might as well have called themselves the Anti-Sax Club, but in the end went with the United Association of Instrument Makers. This was an organization to which the most prominent and talented in, talented instrument maker in France at the time was most definitely not welcome to join. Their principal order of business throughout Sax's lifetime seemed to be try, to try to ruin Sax in any way they could. To begin with, adopting an age-old practice of, if you can't beat them, sue them. A long-running tactic by the organization was simply to tie up Sax's resources, time, and energy in any way possible in court. 
The first legal action of the group was to challenge Sax's patent application on the saxophone, initially claiming somewhat bizarrely that the instrument as described in the patent didn't exist. When that failed, they claimed what? that the instrument was unmusical and that in any <laughs> and that any event sax had simply modified designs from other makers they then presented various other instruments that pre that preceded it as examples none of which the court agreed were similar enough to the saxophone to warrant not granting the patent so the defense was it like look the trumpet already exists. Clearly he did not <laughs> invent the saxophone. I, I love their arguments of one it's shitty it's just a shitty, <laughs> shitty, bad music. No, first, one, it was, it doesn't even exist. Okay. It doesn't even exist. Okay, and then fine, he just right, pulls exists, up, he's but... like, judge, can you just look behind the skirt right real here. quick? And they're like, two, real shitty. Doesn't make good music, bad music, in fact. Number three, it's just a curvy oboe. What are you doing? What are you doing? Clearly, it's, it's just not like a, It's just clarinet. Next up, they claim that the exact design had long existed before, made by other manufacturers in other countries, and that Saks was falsely claiming it as his own. To prove this, the group produced several literally identical instruments to Saks' saxophone, bearing foreign manufacturing mark make markings and supposedly made years before. The truth was that they, they had simply purchased saxophones from Saks' company and sent them to foreign workshops where Saks' labeling had been removed and replaced by sh the shop owner's own. <laughs> okay, so, so just fraud. So fraud. They're supporting the competition by giving him money and then being like, yeah. this will get him. We'll use his own <laughs> instruments against him. There has to be ways that they just were like, no. This Unfortunately is not for the United Association of Instrument Makers, this ruse was discovered and they had come up with and they had to come up with a new strategy. They then claimed that since Sachs had very publicly played the instrument on several occasions, it was no longer eligible for patent. At this point, fed up with the whole thing, an infuriated Sachs considered countered by withdrawing his patent application and giving other instrument makers permission to make the saxophone if they had the skill. He gave his rivals a year to do this, in which time nobody was able to successfully replicate the instrument with any quality. Shortly after the uh -huh. year was up, with no challenger apparently capable, he then resubmitted his patent application and, and this time was quickly granted it on June 22nd, 1846. What a flex. He's like, fine, fucking do it. If you can. And they're just like, oh, shit. He got we, us. We talk shit. <laughs> and now now we're getting hit. No, now we're getting hit. Apparently not content with just trying to metaphorically ruin his life and business. At one point, Sax's workshop m mysteriously caught fire and another and in another, an unknown assassin fired a pistol at one of Sax's assistants, thinking it was Sax. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> what a trigger happy assassin. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine that it was just like his his a little apprentice boy and he's just, the assassin has a picture of a grown man he looks back and forth <laughs> like, between the thing he and he goes good enough, good enough. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna fast forward a little bit because it's, it's just so long um, yeah. let's see so he moved back to London and he became basically he, he needed money to keep his factory afloat and so someone mm -hmm. gave him a, a gift he thought it was a gift of 30,000 francs but it turned out it was actually a loan and so <laughs> when when that guy died um his heirs like, where's my money the heirs uh noticed the previous transaction and inquired about it with sax demanding they repay the thirty thousand francs and giving him a mere 24 hours to come up with the money so Jesus. what was his solution he fled to england <laughs> he was like i'm out 
Bye. <laughs> but his debt followed him, unfortunately, so he was a little bit destitute. Um, and then on top of that, uh, Sachs began to notice a black lip growth on uh, that continued to grow over time. By 1959, this tumor had grown to such a size that he could not eat or drink properly and was forced what? to consume sustenance from a tube. What? His choice at this point was to be subjected to a risky and disfiguring surgery, including removing part of his jaw and much of his lip, or submit himself to experimental medicine of the age. He chose the latter, ultimately being treated by an Indian doctor by the name of Vriz, who administered some private concoction made from a variety of herbs. Whether the treatment did it or Sax's own body simply decided it would not let something trivial like cancer stop it from continuing to soldier on, within six months from the start of the treatment after... And after having the tumor for some six years at that point, Sax's giant tumor began to get smaller. By February of 1960, it had disappeared completely. What? Ridiculous. What a champ. He's like, nah, I'm not doing so this. He, it's like he was a cartoon character yes. that got stung by a bee on their lips. And it's... Yes. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> for six years. I. It's ironic that a guy who made wind instruments could not play them. <laughs> yes. So he ended up kind of being destitute, but then a bunch of a bunch of musicians rallied to his to his cause and um, wrote a petition so that he could have like a pension and like live off of just like he contributed so much. We're just gonna let the guy live. Like yeah, he deserves to live. So and then a funny funny little side note on the side when he wasn't fighting countless legal battles and inventing and making instruments, Sachs also had a penchant for dreaming up alternative inventions such as designing a device that could launch a 500 ton 11 yard wide mortar bullet. He called the sax he called the saxo cannon. <laughs> <laughs> I, if it was shaped like a saxophone that would be even better. So. No band is complete without the saxo cannon. <laughs> Wait, you said you wanted a saxophone? <laughs> oh shit! Do we, what do we give him? <laughs> it's just a marching band, and it's. <laughs> he also designed a truly out. massive organ intended to be built on a hillside near Paris, capable of being heard heard clearly by anyone throughout the city when it was played. Like. <laughs> <laughs> what a ultimately, loud obnoxious! <laughs> I'm trying to read here. <laughs> you imagine what a douche. <laughs> I want everyone to hear me practice. It's great. Everybody loves my music. Ultimately, he uh, lived to the age of 79 and was buried in the Montmartre Cemetery in Paris. Hey, what a full goes, life. Goes to show to his mom he lived that's a full right. life. That's right. You said she didn't you have any faith in him. She had no faith. Well, that's the end of my segment. The journey that seemed to have no end, but here we are at the end of it. And now we're about to begin reading a little bit of the most infamous of all the fan fictions, My Immortal. It is a Harry Potter fan fiction in which uh, Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way is hanging around, around Hogwarts being a goth vampire. So now let's pick up at chapter six. And for people who haven't listened to old episodes, you really don't need you really to. Don't. You there's don't no, need to there's barely any. This is it's poorly written. It's ter- like it's terrible in all the best ways. And w- w- we're just gonna jump right into it. So wait, am I? Re- is, I'm reading the her part or the other people's part. You read everybody else's part. Okay, I read for you read her and the. Okay, got it. 
and I'm the yeah the narrator. I have to remember uh, everybody's voices. I think I just come up with new we, voices. We come every up time. with new ones every time. <laughs> um, chapter six. Author's note: She's up preps. Okay. P.S. I won't update until you give me good reviews. And then Great. there's like a a blocker like. On the original, it was just like a text thing. Yeah, there's a six 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 in the middle of the XXXs. Um The next day, I woke up in my coffin. I put on a black miniskirt that was all ripped around the end, and a matching top with red skulls all over it, and high-heeled boots that were black. I put on two pairs of skull earrings and two crosses in my ears she's a vampire she's a vampire wouldn't she be like that's how metal she is i spray painted my hair with purple this this stupid idiot does know hair coloring that's not works. how hair care works in the great hall i eat some couch chocula <laughs> cereal <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Instead of i love that as a little detail that what if vampires only eat Count Chocula cereal because they feel it's representation in the cereal market? With blood in it. Like, they have blood just it. like a, a fountain. With blood instead of milk. Which 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 makes me think that the Count Chocula there is just there for flavoring. It's not yeah, there for any just, nutritional value. <laughs> it doesn't darken the red blood. I don't know. Uh, in a glass of red blood. Suddenly, someone bumped that's like into drinking, me. That's like drinking a glass of milk when you're eat, drink, eating cereal. Yeah. Who does that? It, that's absolute insanity. It's insanity. Uh, someone bumped into me. All the blood spilled over my top. What a fucking... Ah. Oh. Bastard! I shouted angrily. I regretted saying it when I looked up because I was looking to the pale white face of a gothic boy with spiky black hair and red streaks in it. He was wearing so much eyeliner that it was going down his face and he was wearing black lipstick. He didn't have glasses anymore, and now he was wearing red contact lenses, just like Draco's, and there was no scar on his forehead anymore. He had a manly stubble on his Isn't chin. Isn't he like 11? He had a sexy English accent. <laughs> Wait, isn't this, he all looked exactly... place... isn't this all taking place in England? He looked exactly like Joel Madden, who oh isn't... <laughs> who isn't the guy from football? <laughs> hey, it's me. The old guy, Joe Madden. <laughs> Joel, Joel, Ma- <laughs> Joel, it's me. It's vampire. me, John Madden. I'm Joel. Uh... And John Madden walked in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great play there. She's in Count Chocula on the 45 line. She's in Count Chocula on the 45 line. And she's got the radar all over her. <laughs> he was so sexy that my body went all hot. And when I saw him, kind of like an erection only i'm a girl so i don't get one you sicko what but i didn't no one thought that i didn't say anything you said that you said it oh we gotta play here (laughs) our entire body looks like an erection i'm so sorry wait is it oh no that's that's your line (laughs) sorry i'm so sorry he said in a shy voice that's all right. What's your name? I questioned. My name's Harry Potter, although most people call me vampire these days. He grumbled. Why? I exclaimed. Because I love the taste of human blood. He giggled. <laughs> I like to <laughs> drink blood. Well, I'm a vampire, I confessed. Really? He whimpered. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah! I roared. 
Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> we sat down to talk for a while. Then Draco came up behind me and told me he had a surprise for me. So I went away with him. End of chapter. End, End of, of chapter. Cut lights. Chapter seven, Commercial bring break. me to life. There's no other title for the chapters. <laughs> this is the first one. Bring me to the life. The last one was just chapter six. Now it's chapter seven, bring me to yeah. life. Author's note. Well, okay, guys, I'm only writing this because I got five God reviews. And by the way, I won't write the next chapter till I get ten, ten God wounds. <laughs> God Vons. Stom Vons. Stop flaming or I'll report you. Ebony isn't a Marisu, okay? She isn't perfect. She's a Satanitz. <laughs> Satanitz. Oh, and damn she... those Satanitz. <laughs> I, I hate sh- Satanitz. And she has problems. She's depressed for God's sake. All right, so this is chapter seven. Drake and I. There's also a Z in there. Draco and I held our pale white hands with black nail polish as we went upstairs. I was wearing red Satanist sings on my nails in red nail polish. Author's notes. See, does that sound like a Marusu to you? That sounds like a Marusu to you. (laughs) I waved to Vampire. Dark misery was in his depressed <laughs> I eyes. I, I literally already forgot that Harry Harry in the story goes by vampire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, first I was like shit. vampire. I'm so far into this that I'm like, yeah, he just, she just waves a vampire, <laughs> even though like everybody in this fucking story is a vampire, right? Um, dark misery was in his depressed eyes. I guess he was jealous of me that I was going out with Draco. Ooh, love triangle. Anyway, I went upstairs excitedly with Draco. We went into his room and locked the door. Then we started Frenching passively. Excuse me? Excuse me? Passively? Sacre bleu. Baguette. Whatever. And we took off each other's clothes enthusiastically. Okay, okay. So the I think you should you should probably yeah. you should probably swap swap those. Um, he felt me up before I took off my top. Then I took off my black leather bra. Oh, oh! I feel like that's, that would chafe. That's probably not that comfortable. Yeah, and he took off his pants. We went on the bed and started making out naked. And then he put his boys thingy in mine, and we had sex. See, is that stupid? Is another offer. <laughs> no. uh, Thanks. Uh, no comment. Oh, Draco. Draco. I screamed, <laughs> getting getting an orgasm, when all of a sudden I saw a tattoo I had never seen on Draco's arm. It was a black heart with an arrow through it. On it, in bloody gothic writing, were the words, da, 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 vampire. Wow, I did not I was, see this one coming. Yeah, he has a fucking tattoo of, of for Harry Potter. Oh I was so angry. You bastard. I shouted angrily, jumping out of the bed. No! No, but don't you understand? <laughs> Draco pleaded. But I knew too much. N- no, you fucking idiot. I shouted, you probably have AIDS anyway. Damn, Ooh, Oh, Jesus. You're, they already fucked. Like they're, <laughs> she probably has AIDS <laughs> yeah. now too. I put on my clothes all huffily, so maybe she should have been in Huffly Puff, <laughs> and then stomped out. Dranko ran out 
Even though he was naked, he had really big you-know-what, but I was too mad to care. <laughs> I, I stom- if, yeah, she would really care a lot. You know, mm. she was mad. I stomped out and did so until I was in Vampire's classroom where he was having a lesson with Professor Snape and some other people. Vampire Potter, you motherfucker, I yelled. End of chapter. Chapter eight. <laughs> that's chapter the end of the eight. fucking chapter. And that's the end of Segment City as well. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of Segment City. If you want to hear more of our reading of My Immortal, then look at our past episodes. We, we already went through a few chapters, you dingus, and, and stay, stay subscribed to us. You know, leave us a review. Say, oh, I really like how those boys talk and say stuff on this podcast. That's right. You got to tell, tell them how it is. You got to tell us how it is. Uh, go to our YouTube uh, Segment City or twitter at segment city if you want to suggest any more fan fictions or any other wacky things saxophone facts maybe saxophone saxophone uh then hit up our uh email segment city podcast at gmail.com and well, that's about it that's oh oh wait i almost forgot <laughs> dummy me <laughs> we need to give a big thank you to, to Vampire yep. Robinson. Oh. Oh, Vampire <laughs> Robinson. That's that's her name. Nailed Don't it. wear Vampire it out. Robinson. Uh, Vampire Robinson has a podcast of her own called Vampire Loud. That would be a give, good. That would be a good. Give it out straight. Come on. <laughs> no, our real thank you is to Rachel Robinson. She does our intro music. She's wonderful. She has a podcast called Create Loud. I don't know how much vampire content they have on that. On that, I mean, we're beating them in, in that metric. Yeah, in all the metrics that matter, them. some people say. <laughs> and those people are us. Are us. So, we do have an internal rating board where we write podcasts, and we're number one, turns out. Yeah. Well, but we're it's a number close one race. for this episode. Yes. Because this was a good one. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And goodbye. <laughs>